like I've mentioned, today we're going to do the law of increase, okay? So it is similar to Wallace D. Wattles. I'm, I'm curious, Daniela, since I said law of increase and you thought of Wallace D. Wattles, what would that, what does it mean to you if I say the law of increase? And I think we can, hello, darling, I think we can quite easily decipher the meaning of the law of increase, but I'm curious to, to what people will say. Daniela says to give. Daniela's keeping it fucking simple today. It's like, be a fucking good human and give. <laughs> that really is, in essence, what we're going to talk about. But I want to talk about it energetically and why it works, right? And then we're going to do some practices and processes, and it's going to be fun. To give. What else is the law of increase? I say the law of increase, and what do you guys think? I've got a boiling hot tea, guys, so I might be taking off the jumper soon. It's about giving more than what people pay for. Okay, that's interesting. That, that's interesting. So both of you guys have gone to the value piece with Wallace D. Waddles. I love this. I feel like you're the, the, the best clients in the world. <laughs> I didn't think anyone would get this. And two of you are like, duh, this is obvious. <laughs> okay, yes, th this is what we're going to go towards. And we're also going to take it towards relationships, okay? And we're also going to decipher and we're going to look at different things. What's the difference of the law of increase versus being a people pleaser? And we're going to look at the nuance, okay? It's about giving what you also desire to receive as well from a place of abundance. Ab lutely. okay? You guys have got it. And so let's begin with this because when we start the laws of the universe, and you know that I bang on about the laws of the universe, the jump was coming off, it did not last. Um, I bang on about the laws of the universe and I found this quote, and I don't know if any of you guys have heard this quote, but I think it's really useful because we talk about the laws of the universe all of the time. The primary law of the universe that I talk with you guys is the law of cause and effect, right? Consciousness is cause, the effect is your life, okay? Now, I think sometimes we can reject the laws even if it's tiny, a tiny, tiny amount unconsciously, sometimes it's because something's manifest and we don't want to take responsibility for it. Sometimes it's that we're navigating something that's like, Ugh. sometimes it's that we're not getting the results that we want and we're like pushing away responsibility, right? And and, and it's, a, it's a really normal, natural thing. So before I start even talking about the laws of the universe, let's set the premise, Let's set the context. Let's set the foundation, right? And let's start with the reminder of when the laws of the universe work, right? And so I love this. This is a quote by Dr. Werner von Braun. Who the fuck knows if I said that right? But we went we went for a good shot. And he says, okay, the natural laws of the universe, and really think about this, okay, are so precise that we don't have a difficulty building spaceships that will travel to the moon, right? And we can time the landing with the precision of a fraction of a second. The laws of the universe, guys, and I want you to feel this in your body, are so precise that they can create spaceships that land on the moon and they can get it detailed to a fraction of a second. Why? Because a law is a law meaning that it works always for everyone, all of the time. So the same with cause and effect. And the same with what we're seeing in our life has to be a reaction to the energy that we've put, been putting out, right? And so I know I bang on about responsibility, but let's really anchor into that today, okay? Um, 
not needing something in return. Yeah, Daniela, I feel like Daniela could give the class today, <laughs> basically. Not needing something in return, giving from the desire to give. Giving is what creates joy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all we want to do. Uh, packages being delivered, all good, darling. I love that we're discussing this because I've actually been practicing this way more currently. Yeah, amazing. And, and we're going to make it tangible as always because I'm a Virgo. <laughs> and so we get this understanding, right? We get the laws are the laws and they're precise and, and we don't need to fight that. We can accept that. And if you're in the school or you're watching the energetic accelerator, you've understood that you've got that. But here's the next thing. And, and I've said this to you guys before in various ways. Okay. But same man, he was asked in an interview, what would get a man on the moon? And he didn't respond, oh, we need to do this and that, and then it would mean bending this law. I mean, I don't really know the physics of it, okay? But he didn't respond from a place of how. He didn't respond from a place of methodology. He didn't respond from a place of step-by-step. What he said was very simple. And he said, the will to do it. And so for the context of today's session, right? You've got a goal in your desire. And that's equivalent to the man on the moon. What's gonna get you to your desire? The will to do it. Because if there's not a willingness to do it, right? You're not gonna even be showing up to find the how. And I wanna talk about aeroplanes, guys. I don't know if you guys here are people that love flying, but every time I fly, which is all the time at the moment, I have an existential crisis, just casually. And I think I wrote a post on this when I was coming back or going to India. There was a time where two brothers decided that they had a dream. And that dream was to fly. And I've shared this before in the School of IH, but like I play out the scenes in my mind, you know? I had drama, <laughs> but I play it out in my mind. These two brothers will have had a family and they will have had friends. And so there are many steps between them having a desire and us living in a world where aeroplanes are normalized. And those steps aren't just the how they built an aeroplane and how aeroplanes fly. The steps are a lot deeper. And so think about this. And, and what we've been doing in the EEA this time is I've been really trying to slow down, right? The processes of manifestation and creation so we can look at things with more nuance, more, more, more subtlety than we have before. So you've got these brothers. And at some stage, let's imagine they're cleaning their teeth, guys. They're in the bathroom, they're cleaning their teeth. And one of them suddenly has an idea or a thought. And the thought is, what if we could fly? What happened next is really important because obviously these two brothers were in communication. 
So that brother accepted the thought. It accepted the nudge. It accepted the desire. This is what I believe. I believe we live in an energetic universe. And each desire and each dream and each business has a soul. It has an energy field. And that soul chooses human. I'm going to use the word stewardship or adoption. And so how do we know when an idea has chosen us? How do we know when a business has chosen us? How do we know when a concept has chosen us? And it's because we have the idea. There are a lot of people on planet Earth, guys, at the time of the creation of the aeroplane. But I can guarantee you, even though I cannot prove it, that not everyone on planet Earth at that time was thinking about how can I learn to fly? A select few maybe had the idea. And out of the select few that had the idea, the idea had to be accepted. And so I want you to be thinking about this in your life. What ideas do you get, which I believe are the souls of businesses choosing you, that don't even get past the first stage of conception? Not because it's not possible, not because you're not good enough, not because you're doing anything bad or wrong, but because you don't believe it, because we don't listen. We don't listen to the souls whispering in our, our ears, this is your path right? The School of IH, the course for integrative healing, guys, I want to remind you of the story of that, how that came about. I was really burnt out. So my mom died. I threw myself into all the healing work. I threw myself into business. I didn't want to live in a crappy little flat. I wanted a house. And I, you know, put, um, signed a contract for a 600 euro house a month. And, you know, 600 euros to me at that time was at like a huge amount of money. And, and, and I was stressed and I was grieving and I was tired and I was in a really shitty relationship. And, and I took three months off because I was burnt out and I was tired and I needed to do some healing work and I needed to look at my relationships. And, and, and I was just in this period of like a pause. It was just a pause. It was, it was a stop. It was a standstill. And as I paused and I started listening to life and doing my work, I remember I'd, I'd gone into town and I'd bought all of this stuff to create an altar space, right? So I'd bought this cloth, I'd bought all of these little crystals and stuff. And, you know, I'd, I'd set up this altar space and I remember sitting at the altar and I, and, and I was just contemplating, but it wasn't a forceful thing. What are my next steps? What am I going to do? What am I going to create? And it came to me in an evening. I wrote the whole of the integrative healing course. I saw it all. I mean, I didn't see the version of which it is now, but I definitely saw the version of what it was for the first year. So what do I believe that happened? I feel that the soul of integrative healing chose me. I am its human parentage, right? But that could have all come through me and I could have written it all down and I could have thought that's a really nice idea, but that's too hard, right? Or how am I going to do it? Or what if people don't believe in it? Or what if people laugh at me? Just like those brothers could have done with the airplane. Please tell me they were brothers. I think they were brothers. Doesn't matter for, for the story. So as we even 
come into the work of the law of increase, as we even come into energetics, as we even come into entrepreneurship, just ask yourself, what ideas, what business wants to be birthed through me? And am I listening? Am I accepting to be its human parent? And do I have the will to do it? Because if you've got the will to do it, it doesn't matter the how. Guys, the how behind how we've done different kind of months and things and the house and the blah, 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 blah. For the context of today, that's irrelevant. What was relevant was I got the idea and then I had the will. So reflect on that in your life. And the final thing that I really want to say around this, around your goals and your dreams and your desires, is that sometimes when an idea chooses us and we're really in tune with the energetic spheres and everything, and we might not necessarily know why, right? When the school of IH came through me, it wasn't like I, I really knew why. I just knew that I wanted it and I knew that I was willing. So sometimes we can slow ourselves down because we're like, I want to understand the integrity. Like, I want to understand why I want to do it. And then I want to understand, like, you know, I want to understand the how. And, and we can really get held up there. But like, what if we just believed that if the idea came to us, it's because we we're meant to be as parents? What if we just believed that if the idea is here and we choose to do it, it's because we're meant to do it and that's it? To come back to Mr. Aeroplanes. <laughs> I also want you to note how many of their family members, when they heard that they were going to build an aeroplane and they were going to fly all around the world, thought probably said to them, that's a great idea. I'm going to guess no one. I'm going to guess their social circle went, you're fucking insane. No one has flown before. Do you think that you're a bird? You're a fucking idiot. When did you become so delusional? Why are you having a fantasy? And so if you're in the school of IH, I imagine it's because on some level you mm, resonate with being a visionary. You resonate with being a creator. Now to be a visionary, to be an authentic creator, what we create is new. It's not necessarily done before. It's not necessarily a path that's been walked before. And so when we get this feedback from people, I want to flip the script for you guys. And I want you guys to really think about this. When people around you don't get the idea, does that mean that it's a crap idea? Or does it mean that you're ahead of your time and you can see something in a potential that they don't? So when people don't get what you're doing and maybe you receive negative feedback, is it a bad thing? Or is it actually that you're a visionary and a divine creator and you're connected to source? There's a quote that my father used to always, like it was the primary quotes that my father used to say to us all of the time. He would say, if everyone else agrees, you know that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> who, who says that? It's, it's an old school writer. I, I can't remember, but that's how I was brought up. So the laws of the universe are precise. Your dreams and your desires and your goals are there for a reason. And the reason that I want to start with this in the energetic accelerator, even though the energetic accelerator is really just a compound of many different topics. It's like, it's very hard to even take off for the spaceship to, to go into the air, right? 
if we have an inner conflict around our desires. Many people don't even take off, right? Don't even start to take off, let alone get near the moon because they're in some form of moral or ethical debate about money or desire or want, right? And so I'm really hoping that when we understand the law of increase, which we will go into the giving section, but before that, we're just going to talk about it as a law of the universe, that you'll see that desire is natural. The desire that we experience is just the universe wanting to express itself. And so when we can get to an emotionally neutral place about our desires without any judgment to ourselves, that's why we become master creators, because the idea comes and we accept it. The desire for more comes and we don't feel shame. So we can move with it. So we can have the willingness to do it, right? It's these little icky inner conflicts very often that slow us down. And, and if it happens, it's not a big deal because we learn from it, right? I did a live today on Instagram and you guys can go and watch it about decision-making. And it kind of goes off into another tangent with what I've just spoken about. It might be interesting for you guys. But for this... Can we trust that our ideas, our goals, our dreams, our desires, whatever you want to call them, are here for a reason because they're meant to be born through us and that as human beings, a healthy life, right, is living for full expression and expansion. So let's come to this, right? In the School of IH, we've studied various laws. The primary law that we've studied is the law of cause and effect, which is, I've taught this in 500 million different ways. Basically, your external reality is a reflection of your internal reality. <laughs> I'm not going to go through that again today. You guys have heard me talk about that. There are a trillion one videos to watch. We've also recently been talking about the law of polarity. So guys, you'll remember the law of polarity is that for every um reason there is not to do something there is a way to do it okay yesterday we talked about like positive sorry or monday we talked about no it'd been tuesday um positive and negative poles right so everything has an opposite that's what the law of polarity is it's also called the law of opposites but let's look at the law of increase okay this is the law of increase in one sentence and we'll apply this to giving and we'll apply this to money and we'll apply this to human relationships but but what is it in a nutshell Right. If we're actually going to the law of the universe, if we're actually going to the law of the universe, like we'd speak about gravity, what is the law of increase? The law of increase is that all humans are seeking increase. That the universe and life is always seeking fuller expression. Right. This is important. Because the way that we work as human beings is that we are designed to always desire more. And this creates a lot of conflict for people. Oh, it's immoral or it's unethical to always desire more. To desire more means that I'm not happy with what is. Mm. The universe is designed to expand. Life is always looking for fuller expression. If you want to get super spiritual and you want to go conversations with God kind of style, what do conversations with God say? Life is God wanting to experience itself. So when we desire something, it's God wanting to experience something through us. Super spiritual. Some of you guys might resonate with that. Some of you guys might not. It doesn't really matter. Can we stick to the core concept of all humans are seeking increase and they always will, right? 
We can't stop desire. And it's not healthy for us to stop desire. And so that's why we talk about how can I be grateful for everything that exists and also allow my desire for greater expression and expansion, right? And so this can look like, you know, even I think about Craig and I, the conversations that we have right now in our relationship is how can we experience more love? Is it because we're not happy with the love that we've got? No, we just know that there's more. And so it's exciting. In business, it's always about how do we hit that next milestone? You don't see businesses being like, how do I stabilize? <laughs> They're like, how can I have more? How can I experience more, right? In terms of health, what are Craig and I doing now right now with our protocol? It's, it's not how can I stabilize at a health point? It's like, how can I experience even greater levels of health? Because that's what it means to be alive, to seek more. And this is why you guys, if you resonate with Alpha Femme, she talks about one foot in gratitude, one foot in desire. Because we can't get rid of desire. And so a few of you guys mentioned Wallace D. Wattles in the chat. So let's tie it to this. Ah, Rachel. Okay, I'm seeing the comments and I'll come back in a second. Camille saying, wow, indeed, when I let that in, I'm like, my sales process is so easy compared to that. So I'm going to make it as predictable as that. Oh, God, this is, guys. Fucking program this in as a belief. Listen to what Camille wrote, okay? God, I love it. I love it when I teach something. You guys give back a new reflection. I'm like, that is better than what I said, okay? When I let that in, so she's talking about the laws of the universe, right? And are as precise that the rocket can land and it can be predicted to a fraction of a second, okay? Listen, when I let that in, I'm like, my sales process is so easy compared to that, compared to getting a rocket on the moon, yes. Because <laughs> maybe some of you guys are going to be getting rockets on the moon after being in the school of IH for long enough. Who the fuck knows? So I'm going to make it as predictable as the rocket landing on the moon. Yes. Yes. Repeatable systems, understanding the laws. Love that. Love that. Okay. Daniela says, I'm just coming back from grabbing the package and this feels juicy as fuck. Yay. You would love the book, The Creative Act from Rip Ru Rick Rubin. Okay. Amazing. I'll, I'll, I'll check that up. Tam, write a note. <laughs> Daniela says, there's such a huge difference from desiring more from a place of love and desiring more from a place of not enough. How I grew up, it was the latter. So yeah, we can speak to this quickly before we grow and grow, before we, we go on to the next point. Exactly to speak to what Daniela said, when we want more from a place of this is not enough and this is not bad, th th sorry, this is bad, what's going to happen, right, is that it's going to actually even be harder to create more because the frequency that you're in when you're like, this isn't enough, I need more, is that I don't have enough. And when you're in a frequency of I don't have enough, how can you grow? Like it, it, it's just not congruent, right? And then also we talk about life satisfaction and stuff. And because, and this is the important thing to understand, because desire, is part of the human being, whatever goal you get to, you guys might have a type C goal right now that's like a million, 10 million, 50 million, 100 million a year. Like you might have like a wild goal, but there's going to be a time where you get there and then there's going to be a different desire. There's going to be another desire, right? Because because that's the way that we're programmed. That's, that's how the human being, that's how life works and evolves. We're designed to, for continual evolution. So, and I've said this a million times before. So if we're creating more from a place of what I have is not enough, 
you can't arrive, you can't get there. Someone said to me the other day, you know, when I was at one of these things that I've been going to recently, they said, Hannah, what for you is the sign that you've made it? And I, and I sat there and I thought, and I was like, well, I don't actually believe in the concept of making it. Because that means that I'm always waiting to reach another point to believe that I've made it. I'm like, I live in a state of I'm making it. Do you see the difference? So yeah, absolutely. How can we have a healthy relationship with desire? And for me, the healthy relationship with desire is I trust my impulse and my want for more. And yet I'm grateful for what I've, what, what I've already got, right? So let's bring this to Wallace D. Waddle's work. So for those of you guys that can't remember or, or haven't done it with me, Wallace D. Waddle's is the science of getting rich, okay? The desire for increase is inherent in all nature. Listen to the wording here. It's a fundamental impulse of the universe. All activities are based on our desire for increase. People are always seeking more food, more clothes, better shelter, more luxury, more beauty, more knowledge, more pleasure, more life. Okay. And I'm going to share something that, that feels like a bit of an edge for me to share. So actually, Camille's been to my home. Has anyone else here apart from Tamsin been to my home? You, my intention and aim is that we're going to do lots of in-person stuff. So lots of you guys will have done. But we have a beautiful home. And when I first moved into this house, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, I experienced anxiety the first week that we moved into this home because it was like, can I actually let myself receive this? Like, can I actually, like, can I, can I live, can I live here? Like, it just felt so absurd that this was my home. Like, I'm going to actually use the word absurd. Maya's just licking my feet. That's very kind, Maya. Thank you. Um, It's now been a year and two months since I moved into my home. I love my house I love it I'm so grateful for it when I'm away I think about my home it's the thing that I'm most excited to see it's like home Craig <laughs> home and Maya Craig that is a joke but kind of um but I want more but I'm looking at bigger homes but I'm aware that there is more and so when I watch things like Selling Sunset, which some of you guys might have as bad taste as I do, uh, it's a reality TV show. There's much drama and there's also much houses, okay? They're on season six. In season one, they were showing homes, right? And all the homes that people were buying were three, four million, like a, a nine million home was considered like, oh, you sold a nine million home. We're six seasons on. I don't think they've even mentioned a nine million home. They're talking about the 22 million home, the 30 million home, the you know, and that's the focus. Or or they're selling a flat, and the flat, I think, is seven million, but they're not just selling one seven million flat, they've got to sell two seven million flats, right? It's a natural progression. It's not wrong, okay? But we keep gratitude for what is. Every living thing is under the necessity for continuous advancement. Mm -hmm. where increase of life ceases, dissolution and death set in all at once. So when we're not growing, it's almost like a death to the soul. People instinctively know this, hence they're forever seeking more. It feels like for me a revolution to even have this conversation with you guys, because I don't know if you've got the program, like wanting more in my family 
it, that was considered a character flaw. I mean, it's still probably considered a character flaw by part of my family, the fact that I want more and I live the way that I live, right? So let them neutralize this. And let's actually apply this to our life. I've done a delightful diagram on the next page, guys. As always, my artistic talents are just... Bob Proctor takes this law of increase, which is a natural law of the universe, right? And he starts to apply it to... like Daniela was saying, how we be in the world so that we can become the magnet for more always at all times. Bob Proctor links leaving everyone with the impression of increase as a, as a foundation for living an abundant life. So before we even go on, when I say leave everybody with the impression of increase, what does that mean and what does that look like for you? What would it mean to leave everyone with the impression of increase? Give me a tangible example. There's a hair in my teeth. going to try and not drink my hair. Today I gave money to a homeless man and I could see his face light up. I can feel that his feelings of being seen increased. Yeah, I love that. Because that's a big thing with homeless people. They suffer on a mental health level because they feel like they're ignored, like they're not the person, they're not a person. It's like depersonalization. So that's a very tangible example where we're giving money. But I want you to, to give me an example that doesn't involve money. What does it mean to leave everybody with the impression of increase? What does it mean? The coffee machine was broken and I spoke to the barista and he apologized and we had a beautiful conversation. I could sense he felt appreciated that I didn't blame him for why the coffee wasn't working. This is the kind of shit that I want to talk to. That. So Daniela had a choice there, whether to be an asshole or to understand, right? How you carry yourself, your energy around others, how you see yourself and how you be in the presence of others exactly. People feeling better, more confident, joyful after spending time with me or being in my energy. Yes, it's smiling on the street. Yeah, that's a huge one, guys. Don't do it in Spain with men, though, because culturally, if you smile at a random man in Spain, it means that you want to have sex with them. <laughs> um, it's being respectful and not passing to someone what we receive. Yes. So what I want you guys to understand is the impression of increase isn't people pleasing. It isn't being a martyr. It isn't, Oh, I'll do whatever you want me to do. And you know, like I'm your servant, but it's almost this sense of like giving good energy to everyone. Right. And so giving good energy can be a gesture 
So instead of complaining, being understanding, right? Or it could be thinking a positive thought about them. Because we're talking about energy here. We're talking about energy here. Yeah. The law of increase is in that sentence that Danielle has put in the chat. Seeing the good in everyone. Giving people grace, right? And it doesn't mean being a people pleaser and, and tolerating things that we don't have to tolerate. And there's so many layers and nuance to this conversation. But in essence, yes, it's seeing the good in everyone. And so in business, you might be tested in this. You might have people that ask for refunds or people that um, want to break contracts or people that, that don't pay or people that um, are very rude to you. And it, it's so easy to go into defensiveness or rage or, and, and I've really been tested in this this year, but it's like, how can I send good energy back? How can I not be involved in the drama that they're playing in? right? And I've really had to work on this because I've taken things notoriously very personally, right? But for me, that's the law of increase in business. It's allowing people to have whatever opinions they have and just sending them love and not allowing them to like seep into you. Yeah, Natalie says accepting people where they're at. That exactly is the law of increase, right? <laughs> Daniela says, I definitely need to work on this with my mom. Yeah, I definitely needed to with my dad as well. So, you know, but, but notice this because when Bob Proctor talks about the law of increase, he doesn't say, you know, increase those of those people around you that are nice to you. Increase those around you that like you. Increase those around you that have positive perceptions of you. He says everybody. And it's very interesting. So to tie back to Steve Hardingson, because I really feel that Steve Hardingson is like a really beautiful model of this. Watching him, because I'm someone that watches, um, how he interacted with everyone was not normal. He wasn't just friendly and kind to his friends. He was friendly and kind to everyone. Anyone that worked any form of job, right? And sometimes we can do this. We have these layers of prejudice depending what someone does as work or any of this. So that sense of goodness or well-being that we emit to them can be reduced. So this is something to just notice and look at. Something, and I find this very uncomfortable. This is something that I'm working on as well, is that something that Steve Hardingson will do is that he'll always tell everyone in a conversation what he appreciates about them. And it's very strange. It is very strange when you witness it happen because we don't usually have conversations where you just randomly say, I appreciate this about you, right? But how do you feel when someone tells you that they appreciate you? You feel good. What happens when someone tells you they appreciate you and what they like about you? What happens naturally? You want to give these people the best of you. Because they appreciate you, they see you. So what happens when we're giving everyone the impression of increase is that we're connecting to the highest parts of that person's personality. We're also putting out all of this good energy. And so don't be surprised if all of that comes back to you in sense of a favor or as in sense of wealth. You know, it's interesting. Watch this. There are people that walking down the street just seem to attract 
people shouting at them, people bumping into them, you know, just all of this, like, uh, 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 not nice energy. And then there are people that go down the street and like every light is green, everyone's friendly. It's like two different people vibrating at a different level could go to the same place and have a very different experience. I mentioned this last time I was in Dubai, I didn't meet all of the ridiculous business owners that I did this year. Was it because they weren't there? No. It was just that I wasn't admitting that yet, right? The law of increase states, what we put out, we receive back. And the universe isn't like, this is good and this is bad. The universe is just mirroring back, mirroring back, mirroring back, mirroring back, okay? And so now let's bring this to money. Wallace D. Waddles, and you guys really hit the nail on the head with this, talks about being bigger than your current space. You want to earn more money? Then be bigger than your current space, your current job. You want to be earn more money? You want to go from 5K months to 10K months, right? Give the level of value of someone that makes 10K months now. You want to go from 10K months to 50K months? Give that level of value now. Now, the law of increase makes a very clear differentiation between giving, right? And what was the word that I wrote? Me. And trading. So trading is, I will give and I need to receive it, you know, the compensation directly from that person, right? Because if not, oh, it didn't work. The law of increase didn't work. And I'm going to give you a business example. So we do free events, guys. And... Sometimes when we do free events, we'll have like 10 people sign up. And sometimes when we have free events, we will have one person sign up. I'm fine with both. And yes, there's a place for looking at marketing and tweaking and improving. But in free events, I really teach from a very pure place of I am going to serve. And I know stuff will come through, but I don't need it to come through. And sometimes we have people that come through a year after a free event. But when we're trading, and I see this with people in business, I've done one free event. I'm not going to do um, another one next month because they're taking all of my you know, stuff for free. Blah, 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 blah. Whereas when we just are in the habit of being valuable, we're in the habit of teaching, and of course, there are boundaries and there are limits, right? Then we just become the kind of person that is attracting people and clients all of the time, right? And it doesn't matter if you give a certain amount in a free event and the exact right people come through that free event, because trust, if you're outputting that energy, that energy, that, that has to come back to you because it's law. And laws are so precise that we can guess the fraction of a second of which spaceship lands or a rocket. Would we call it a spaceship? Spaceship for aliens, aren't they? Rocket lands on the moon, right? So applied to business, how can we be joyful givers? How can we be joyful people in service? How can we serve as a natural way of being, right? I want to give you an example in India. I, by accident, um, sold various bundles, okay? It was not my intention to sell bundles in India. I just went with my mastermind trip and I was just I was just myself, 
right? But sometimes I would get in conversations with people and people would tell me things and I would just serve them, you know? I would just like, I would be like, my assumption would be like, we're in this conversation for a reason, right? We're in this conversation for a reason. This person, I can, I'm a projector, you know, I can see, <laughs> can see what the thing that needs to be just lined up is. So I'm going to give them a tweak energetically. And people were so grateful. Like it got to the point that I was on a plane, right? As we were going from, I don't know, two Indian cities and someone came and they sat down next to me with a journal to start asking me questions. And, you know, maybe I didn't, that person didn't buy anything, but I don't need them to buy anything because I know that I'm going to receive at some stage through something else, something to come through. And I trust that, right? And so part of the law of increase is being able to give, but it's also being able to receive guys, right? Just giving, and living in martyrdom, that's not it either. But it's like, can I give, you know? Like, just like an exhale, you know? It's natural, it's organic, it's just who you are. And then receive in the same inhalation, but it doesn't matter if it's from the same person. This can be a really beautiful way to create and be in our businesses. Now, obviously, this is different to giving everything to everyone <laughs> and never getting paid. But just notice how you can incorporate it and ask yourself, you know, am I being bigger than my current space? Am I being bigger? Am I going above and beyond? Not in a way that's going to be damaging to my health, but or myself. You know, if you've got employees, the ones that stay longer will be the ones that stay go above and beyond. The ones that start getting paid more are the ones that go above and beyond because they're giving more value than their current space. So. This is a Bob Proctor quote, when giving becomes part of your paradigm, the universe will constantly, without interruption, be sending good in your direction. So imagine this, right? You're just always giving good out. So what's going to be your continual inflow? Good. Action, ours, right? And reaction from the universe are equal and opposite. Energy always returns to its source of origination. So if we're getting icky things, and I really reflected on this as I as I wrote this because, um, you know, we all get icky things. I'm like, oh, when did when did I maybe put that energy out in my thinking? Maybe when did I put that energy out and therefore I'm receiving it, right? And and this gets to be a really non-judgmental, loving process, and we just notice, right? So I want to show you my boomerang, and we'll come back to this in a second. I know this is an incredible. Uh, image that I created for you guys. I really am just a, a superstar at visuals, but like, can you see it like that? Like every time that we have a thought, it's like you're throwing out an energy and it's going to come back to you, right? And, and we, we're getting better at throwing better boomerangs, but, th but this is what we want to be doing. So like if something comes back to you and it feels icky, there is an appropriate place for contemplation of like, oh, what boomerang did I send out that might be that? And how can I clean that up? Because if we clean that up, there's going to be no need for that boomerang to come back to us, right? But I just love that image of like, we're just boomeranging around, just boomeranging around, <laughs> having a great time with our boomerangs. And that's kind of how energy works and it's law. And what do we know about law? So let's go back to the difference between the law of increase and people pleasing, because I think this is really important. So what am I talking about in the essence of the law of increase? It's like, can you give spontaneously? Can you consider yourself an uplifter? What's an uplifter? It's someone that brings them other people up emotionally, right? 
And there might be some people that do not want to be uplifted, guys. <laughs> so this doesn't mean that you have to go force people into their upliftment, but it just means that you are an uplifter. And there's this essence that there's this, this incorrect thinking that we help people by getting down on their emotional level and going, oh, poor you, this is so hard, right? An uplifter doesn't do that. An uplifter prioritizes their own vibration first, right? And gives people the opportunity to be uplifted, but also the free will to say no. And then what does the law increase of tell me if someone says no, I'm going to be self-responsible about the energy they send out and not blame them and not get annoyed at them. I'm just like, okay, right? Because we put out a lot of energy unconsciously to maybe someone's not behaved in a way. And this comes back to leadership because when you lead, guys, you're going to have clients that love you. You're going to have clients that don't love you. You're going to have people on social media that like you, people on social media that don't like you. And we have this tendency that when someone doesn't like us, we need to villainize them, right? We need to think negative and bad thoughts about them. But what a fucking revelation it is to just be like, that's who they are. I'm going to send them love. You know, because in the end, you're going to be the one that's throwing out the resentment boomerangs and that's going to come back and hit you, not them. Yeah, that's important to clean up. Okay, so being someone that naturally increases people by being around them. I want to give you another context of how we can increase. And, and this comes back to my India trip. So I've told you guys about this example. If we go the Steve Hardingson event and we have the complainers and we have the, the different categories of people. And I'm a nerd. I didn't even know people complaining. I was too busy writing notes. I was like, oh, we get to learn for nine hours. I'm a Virgo and I'm a projector. So this is the dream, right? And, and it was really funny. So I stayed until the end. I didn't really think much of it. I refused to get involved in the complaining conversations because I actually just didn't agree. I took a lot from the Steve Hollingson event, even if it wasn't perfect. And at the end of the event, they put on um, music on the stage. And I don't know if you guys know this. I fucking love dancing. I love me an ecstatic dance. I love me like a little hair shake. So I was like, I was having a dance. I was just popping around. I didn't really think like I was doing much. I, I really just didn't think I was doing much. I, I, I wasn't particularly social. I just ate snacks, enjoyed my snacks, wrote notes, did a little bit of boogie. I'm like a solid two line in human design, which just means like, do you, do you guys know, too much? Just, you're just kind of in your house doing your things and then people notice and you're like, oh, you noticed that? Is that weird? Anyway, I got an audio when I got back to Ibiza from my coach and he was like, God, it was so amazing to watch like how happy you were the whole of the trip, even at the end where everyone was like grumpy and complaining, you were dancing on the stage. I would have never thought that someone would have noticed that guys like I would have never in my million years imagined that I would get an audio noticing that because I didn't I didn't know that there was contrast I didn't know that's how people um tended to get into it just it was it was news to me and that sounds weird and naive that's giving people the impression of increase I didn't go and martyred myself and not sleep. And I was the one in the group, by the way, guys, that said no to most things, you know, like I took a lot of alone time. I missed meals because I was like, I needed to be in my energy in my little projector bubble. But what people took was just the frequency and the state of being that I was playing it in. But I wasn't even thinking about what other people would think. So being an uplifter, Giving spontaneously doesn't just mean that you have to go and give everyone your money. It means who you be naturally uplifts people. 
what do people think when you, they see you dancing, when they see you, you know, all of this stuff. And, 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 and Daniela gave a really good example there of like, when we instead of complain and be an asshole, we treat people with respect, that's being an uplifter. Final example on this, you guys know what happened with my plane. Um, in Doha, I was rejected from a second plane because of an admin error. And um, Ejeke, an, an Arab guy, also missed his plane. Guys, never have I seen a tantrum <laughs> like I've seen this. There was shouting, there was wild demands. Like I had to turn around because I was just like crying with laughter because it was so exaggerated that I was like, how can this, how, how, how can this be an adult? This is a baby and, a, and it was just the most insane thing. And I would have been getting annoyed, right? About the fact that I wasn't allowed on the plane. And when I saw that, I really called myself out. I was like, these poor people, like, I mean, they were the ones that messed up, but you know, am I gonna be an asshole like them? And then guys, I wasn't an asshole. I was just like, can I please get on my plane now? And I was given my own extra room and the cart and the three course meal for free and all the other things that you guys started to see play out. So the law of increase works like this. It's funny that you talked about that today. I was at the restaurant just before the call and one random guy came to talk to me, thanking me for how respectful I was with the waiter. Yes, yes. I was so surprised and grateful for that. Yes. See, we think that people don't notice. But how we treat others, people do notice. Like, would I want a client, I'm, I'm not even joking when I say this, that doesn't treat wait staff with the utmost respect? I was a waitress for 10 years. People find that surprising because they see my life now, you know? Uh, like, I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do for 10 years, so I waitressed. <laughs> like, it's fine. So absolutely. And you never know who's watching, guys. You never know who is watching you know when we did the certification and we had our photographer come over and take photos she's done photos with us before and as she left she was like and we've had a discovery call and she'll join us at some stage in some capacity she's like I don't know what you guys do but I want to be in this school just of how I feel when I'm around you <laughs> so we get to be those people okay cleaning up what we think about others mm. We think if it's a naughty thought and people don't know that we're thinking it, it's not going to impact our frequency and our vibration. But I've got news for you, that's sending out boomerangs. I'm speaking for you and I'm speaking for me. The royal you, all of you, and me. That's part of the law of increase. You know, sometimes let's say you're pissed off with someone. And... I think there was a, was it Joe Dispenza? There was a movie that did a description of this. And let's imagine you're walking to work and you're pissed off with someone and you're in a dialogue. Have you ever done this? And you're like, in your head, you're like saying what you thought you should have said and you're blah, 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 blah. And you're just like, blah. that's the frequency that you're then in as you're walking down the street and that's going to come back to you, right? So can we nip that in the bud when we notice that we're doing that? <laughs> Daniela's like, yes, I've done this. We all do this. That's boomeranging, right? So ask yourself, am I sending a boomerang that I want to receive right now? Am I sending a boomerang that I want to receive right now? That was me today, Sandra. <laughs> Love the honesty. I feel sick when my roommate is upset with me, even if she says nothing. You know, you know that she's upset with you. 
because she might not be saying it, but we can feel it. And, and, and when you guys do this work and, and, and you're more sensitive in yourself, you're going to know it to an even greater degree, right? Oh, I think that that's worse when they don't tell you. Yeah. But sometimes it's not even that people are necessarily pissed at you. They've, they've got a, just a narrative around you and they're in that narrative and in that narrative. But, but here's what I want you guys to get, right? It's not about getting other people to think good thoughts about us because that is something that you cannot control. And if you try to control, you're going to have an exhausted pretzely life, okay? It's not about that, okay? People are entitled to have the thoughts they want to have about you. I know people have good thoughts about me and I know people have not nice thoughts about me. And I know some of those people tell me those thoughts and I know some of those people don't tell me those thoughts. Usually I know the thoughts, even if they've told me or not. It's not important because those boomerangs are hitting them in the bum, not me, okay? Someone else is thinking about you. Mm -mm. You can protect yourself, okay? And, and 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 we can. And I have salt baths every week because I used to absorb a lot of people's energy. Um, and that didn't didn't do me any good. It's more about what are you thinking about other people and is that a boomerang that you want to receive? Yeah. It takes great bravery to allow others to misunderstand you and not need to correct them. And just focus on on the feeling that you send back to them is good. Yesterday, this woman got mad at me in a situation in line. She made some mean comments towards me and I responded twice, then fully began to ignore her. My, but my mind was racing. I definitely felt triggered up the wazoo. And I made a promise to myself that I would leave her behind in the moment I came into the door. I did manage to leave the drone behind and whoa, it was a struggle to not let her bother me, not create a story and, and let it go. Yeah, it's hard. This is hard work, right? This is hard stuff. Lots of shaking and dancing when I came home. Yeah because it can feel like an aggression, right? And, and notice that the, the law of increase isn't like, oh, this person thinks these really bad things about me, so I'm gonna spend every day with them, right? No, please protect yourselves, but also watch the vibration that you send back to them. And we've had lots of situations like this recently where there's been situations and it's been painstaking for me to choose, right? To not respond and not get angry. I'm like, what is the vibrational boomerang I wanna receive? So, Cleaning up the energy of the thoughts that we think about other people to others, okay? And sending good energy to everyone. If we feel rage, if we feel the emotions, obviously we can feel that, but we want to take responsibility for that. And then we really come back to this emotional responsibility piece, right? You know, in our language, so many people say, you made me feel that. Um, me and Craig have a joke, and I know for a lot of people, this is quite harsh, but it works for us impeccably. So we always always we try to always but we are also human and we get it wrong sometimes but we always try to take emotional responsibility so you made me feel this is kind of, it's it's literally banned in our relationship and when we say i feel we know the context of that is if you a feeling isn't truth right so i feel we know that if we're going to say i feel a story is coming <laughs> right and we really try and operate from a place of the person that is having the feeling takes the responsibility of the story. And Craig has this joke and it's taken from a coach, I can't remember, where he goes, fuck feelings, like fuck feelings. That's like the thing in our relationship. It's not that we don't feel, we do feel an emotional processing or something that happens, right? But we don't hold the other person responsible for the other person's feeling. Tangible example. Before I went to Dubai, I had the desire that Craig would take me for dinner right and it got closer and closer and I was going to be leaving to Dubai the next day and I was like 
I feel sad. <laughs> He's not made any effort. That's the story that I told myself for him to take me for dinner. I was like, what? I'm like, I just assumed that he would, and then he didn't. And so I brought this to Craig instead of just being pissed off at Craig, which is what we usually do. I brought this to Craig and I and, and I was like, I, Hannah Bartlett, feel sad because I told myself this story and I had an expectation that I did not communicate with you, right? Because I didn't tell him that I wanted that. Um, and 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 when we actually communicate to people that way, it's amazing because we don't get their defensive wall. They meet us in openness, right? And so Craig had the realization of, oh, because for him, it was like, oh, we're not going to see each other for two weeks. And for me, I'm like, two weeks is eternity. This is the worst thing ever. I'm going to miss you so much. Like for him, it's just two weeks, right? So it's just, a, it's, it's a difference in, in, a, in opinion and there's a different way of being. Anyway, because I communicated that, like three seconds later, I got a text on my phone and he's like, we're going to Nagai, put a nice dress up. And it can be that simple when there's emotional responsibility. Because the fact that Craig didn't take me for dinner isn't that he's an asshole. He just didn't think about it. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, I love how we're speaking about this since this is what my mom says. And sometimes I struggle to navigate the challenge with her. I feel like I'm not learning. I'm not just learning about all of these concepts right now, but actually having the lived experiences. Yes. When we do these things, the universe is, is actually going to bless you with the opportunity to practice. Okay. So people pleasing, what is the difference? People pleasing is that you change, manipulate your behavior and you need, because you have a, a deep need for people to like you, right? And so when we're doing things because we need people to like us, right? It's, it's, it's self-serving. It's not actually giving. It's self-serving. And you guys are going to come across things like this because they're going to be times in your business life where maybe someone asks for a refund, right? Or maybe someone in your life, um, in your business tries to drop out a contract or maybe someone in your team doesn't do what they were meant to do, right? And so if you're desperate to be liked, what you're going to do is you're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll give you the refund. Or, oh yeah, you don't have to complete the contract. Oh, it doesn't matter if you didn't do the job. I'll pay you the month's wages anyway, Right? That's not the law of increase. That's because you need to be liked. It's not serving them. It's because you need to have the feeling of like, that. oh, I'm so, thank you so much. You're so ethical. You're so moral. You're such a good person. Thank you so much for paying me, even though I didn't do the work, right? No. So sometimes the law of increase is, holding a boundary or holding a contract or enforcing something in your team or having a challenging conversation. And maybe there's going to be icky feelings that you feel there, right? But you're giving someone the opportunity to step up. And there's messy and there's blurry to this, but just know the difference between the law of increase and people pleasing, okay? doing things for validation and for love because you need something back from someone, that's not giving from a place of pure giving, right? So let's imagine that I'm on this plane and the person sat next to me is asking for, I don't know, some support around journaling and I'm supporting them. If I would feel pissed off and resentful if they didn't pay me, of which they didn't, is that giving? 
And we can also limit this. Of course, I wouldn't give someone a free course or do one-to-one sessions with someone every single day without a payment. But if we've given to someone and then we're pissed off that they've not given something back to us and we're resentful, that's not fair on the other person because there was there was no agreement prior, you know? Note on for those of you guys that want to sign high-paying clients, high-ticket clients, there's a man's coach, his name is Shira Wash. I think he did a million from 100K offers in eight months. So I think in eight months, he sold eight 100K offers and he made a million. And he had a strategy and his strategy didn't involve social media and his strategy didn't involve any fancy bells and whistles. All he did was be in places where there were the type of people that he wanted to work with and he served them. So before he even asked, right, for a payment or compensation, he just served them. And he served them as if they were already his client, right? With no attachment to who out of those people did become his client. And so he talks about how it was the easiest million. Do you know what else isn't the law of increase? overstepping your own boundaries, your needs and your limits to serve others. There is a difference between the law of increase and having a martyr complex, right? The law of increase increases others and yourself. It's also not the law of increase if we're giving, 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 and we really find it hard to receive. How could you tell if you find it hard to receive? Someone goes to buy your dinner and you're like, oh no, you don't have to get that. Someone says, oh, can I carry your bag? And you're like, oh, no, I get it. (laughs) Like all of these things are tiny little things that are just showing Like you're telling the universe, oh, no, I'll get it. Oh, I won't receive that. No, 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 no. So notice that if we are giving, we're also practicing the energy of I allow in and I allow myself to receive. Right. I caught myself saying no. And then I was like, yes, please. Yes, exactly. I used to. I remember Craig's got this joke when I first met Craig. I had this big electric bike and I went everywhere in my electric bike. And um, it was heavy, guys. Electric bikes are heavy. And so Craig was, um, Craig and I were cycling back to his home one day. We'd just met and very much in like the honeymoon phase. And he's got all of these big stairs. He had all of these big stairs to his home. And, you know, I, at this stage, was single. I was used to lugging around shit. And he goes to carry it. And I go, oh, no, <laughs> I can get it. And he looked at me, and it was it was, it was was hilarious because we both saw it. It was, like, such a, a pushback. Like, I will not receive this. Um, and I caught myself in that. And it's been really beautiful with him because I've allowed myself to now receive his support and and, and, and it's been really wonderful for my business as well. I think it's been part of the business success was, was doing on that receptivity work with Craig. So notice when you do that, open your arms, say yes, please to the universe, okay? We've, we've touched on this and we're not going to spend much more time on this because I want us to do the processes and the practices, okay? But giving and trading is different, okay? Giving is spontaneous. It's a byproduct of who you are. It's a free-flowing action. You give good and you graciously receive. You understand that when you give good, right, you're automatically going to be living a life where you're graciously receiving all of the time. It doesn't matter who it comes through, okay? So you don't need the person that you've just given to to give back to you. It's just who you are and it's the way that you live, right? You send good energy. We've just talked about this. However people treat you, however much they like you, okay? Trading. 
needing an immediate return on the investment of your giving. That's an exhausting way to live. It's not natural and it's forced and it's calculated, okay? It's needy. And it might involve not really being able to receive the good back. It might involve that you, this is an interesting belief that can lead to trading. You don't believe that it will come back to you. You don't believe that you'll receive it. And so then we can be super graspy in our giving. When we don't believe that it's going to come back to us, we give graspy. And then instead of receiving, we take. It's a different energy. Receiving is like, I let this move through me and I receive this taking is like graspy hands. Mm -hmm. And it all just comes from lack of trust. I feel like we can also have a beautiful way of trading. Absolutely. But it's, 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 well, all of our businesses are trading, guys. All of our businesses are trading. So it's not that there's anything inherently wrong with trading, but we're speaking to how the law of increase is different and how the law of increase is not about trading. It's about creating a new way of being. Do you see what I mean? Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. Not demonizing trading. It's just that we want to create a state of being that uses the law of increase. So we've talked about our good friend, Boomerang. Pick three people. You can write this down or in your head that you want to practice with. Okay. Once you've got your three people in your head, let me know in the chat. You don't have to tell me who the three people are. You can just put an emoji. Okay. So this is any three people. It can be people that you have a good relationship with. It can be people that you have a less good relationship with. And a note on what Daniela was saying about her pops, her father. For me to have changed, when my mom died, I was very angry with my dad. Very angry. Super angry. Furious. So many things happened that I'm, I'm not going to share because it's not important for me to share what happened. And ultimately, I think unconsciously for a long time, I was waiting for him to change. For our relationship to change, it'd have to be him changing. I later realized that I was the one that had to change my perception of him for our relationship to change. Yay, the emojis. So this can be super healing. I want you to literally write this down. How do you commit to leave people with the impression of increase? Okay. So write underneath each person on your journal how you're going to commit to leave them with the impression of increase. Because what we're doing today, guys, this is the energetic accelerator. We're, we're going to send out some good energy boomerangs, right? So it's all about that practice. Now we understand the theory. Yay, big kisses from Natalie. I'm going to put Ape on again. And I'm going to give you guys three minutes, I would say, is all we need. One minute for each person. And just tangibly write down, right? 
and, and I also want you to be thinking about as you do this, committing to it. Don't just write it down now. Don't just write it down for the sake of today's session. Like choose things that you're going to go and implement. Let me put the music on.
Beautiful. Okay, so coming back, uh, I'm just going to read Camille's because it's really interesting. And I don't know how many of you guys have written something similar. You can share in the chat with me. Just feel what you feel and notice what you notice in your body as I read this. And I'll tell you how I feel. I've been acknowledging people so much more, yet I want to take this further, telling people what I appreciate in them and noticing what they do well. I want to smile always more at people. I want for every person I meet for her to feel better than when I left. This is a lot the case when it's people I spend some time with, less in casual encounters. Um, so I'll develop my creativity around that with compliments, for example. As I read Camille's message and you guys can share your feeling, I just felt like, oh, just so much well-being, like just this big exhalation. I thought, God, how beautiful is that, right? And just by looking at, because, because when we leave others with the increase, we leave ourselves with the feeling of increasing others. And that feels good, right? And let's speak to this. I've been acknowledging people so much more and I want to take that further. I have found this so hard, notoriously. And I don't know how many of you guys will, will have experienced this. You know, in my upbringing, you didn't do that because you wanted everyone to be humble, right? So we didn't talk about how we were proud or we appreciate or there wasn't like overt, uh, loving, affirmative language. Um, and so I noticed that I'm, I'm not strong at communicating that. And, and sometimes I feel really awkward and uncomfortable when I'm telling people that I appreciate them. Like, you know, Tam and I know that we appreciate each other a lot, but I don't think that we have big loving, I mean, Tam, you can come in here and, and on your perception, but I think neither of us have like, uh, like we don't have these big loving conversations. We just kind of get on with it. And so as I reflect on this within myself and Tam's and I actually wrote you down, <laughs> just going to put you on the spot. My first person was Tamlin. Um, of, of communicating that more, that sense of appreciation. And it's like that rice experiment, guys. You know, the rice experiment where you've got the jar and you've got the two jars of rice and one of the jars, you tell them how much you love it and da, 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 and, and the rice stays super healthy. And then the other jar, you're telling them they're a fucking idiot, blah, blah, And the, the, the rice goes super moldy. Well, we do that with how we're in relationship to other people. And, and then we get that side of them. So Camille says, oh my God, this is so much not what I've learned. And it's been such a journey, right? And it's amazing to develop this. Just sent a, pair, a message to my parents just to acknowledge their support with finding ideas and contact to develop the water project that you know about Hannah. Craig is so excited about the water thing, by the way, Camille. So Craig appreciates you. <laughs> and I appreciate you because we get the water and Craig sorting it out. But yeah, just those little messages of, of acknowledgement, uh, really, really powerful. Like, I see you. Thank you. This is, thank you for bringing this table. Thank you for doing this. How did you guys find this? Did you find it weird? Did you find it wasn't natural? Because that's what you're going to notice is that we can get the context of, or we can get the concept of the law of increase. And then we actually look at it. We're like, oh, it, it actually isn't my natural pattern to, to be thoughtful or to think about this for people or to do this or, you know. And that's useful information because then we get to make it our natural pattern. Anyone else got a share on that?
I feel I do this quite naturally, but I also learned this when in the salon. You were on my list too, Tamsin and Hannah, a love story. Um, I don't know if I, if I told you guys this, okay? Tamsin and I went to a sanctum hike, which when we organize a new in person, the school bike thing, we'll do a sanctum experience. Um, and the guys that run sanctum, okay, so there's the main guy who teaches and, and does the things. And then there's the other guy that his name is um, Gab and they're a couple, right? And so you've got the guy that is like my equivalent and you've got the guy that is Tamsin's equivalent. And so Tamsin notices this and she looks at me in complete honesty and looks, she's like, look at her, they're a couple like us. <laughs> Tamsin, just, it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. There is no difference between them and us. You are right. Um, but we get to have those kind of love stories <laughs> in our businesses too. Daniela, yes, yes, it is them. They're brilliant. What did you think? It's like a, it's a Joe Dispenza kind of movement. They travel a lot. They do a lot of retreats in Ibiza. They're really, really lovely. They made me laugh. They look, they're so, they're so, I love them. That's so exciting that you were there. And, and Tamsin says, you're on my gratitude list most days. You're on my gratitude list a lot too, babes. My gratitude list goes like this. Craig, Maya, Tamsin, house, <laughs> clients, <laughs> that's it, <laughs> really, um, good vibes around, I love their flamboyancy, yeah, so, so, Daniela, now you know them, they're in a relationship just like me and Tamsin, okay, so I love that, I love that, I love that, we're going to take it further, okay, we've got 30 minutes, and I want us to do a wee bit more on this, um, so now this time, I want you to go for something that might feel a bit more challenging, I want you to choose someone, that you want to improve your relationship with. So this might be somewhere where there's just like, for example, when I came back from India, I was like, I realized that there was more love and I'd never thought about, it feels silly to say this, but I never thought about working on how I love Craig. Just, I was never modeled that. I didn't know that that was a thing that I could do. I just thought we were in a relationship. And then I was like, oh, I get to work on loving him. Guys, his response to me working on loving him is like the most touching beautiful extraordinary thing like he's, he's like the, the plant he's just like like it's it's so it's it's it, it makes me feel emotion because it's so beautiful what we've got to experience together but it was me loving him more and 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 taking more action in the way that I was loving him when I used to just be a bit of a complainer and a bit of a nitpicker at him okay um it's been like night and day so it might be someone that you're like, there's more space for love, or it might be where there's a bit of a funky relationship and you're like, oh, I get to learn to love this person in a different way, or I get to improve the relationship. You know, it doesn't matter where the relationship is starting is what I'm saying. So describe the relationship as it is. Step one, describe the relationship how you want it to be. Okay, so we're going from set of circumstances to what we want to create. That's really been the premise of everything we've done this week. And then remember that it's your attitude towards the world that determines your um, that determines the world's attitude towards you. I'm going to read that again because it's so important. Remember, it's your attitude towards the world, right? That will determine the world's attitude towards you. So really focus on how you describe or, or your attitude towards that person, because unconsciously people pick that up, and we might receive a shift in attitude when we change our attitude to them. Okay. So um, then I'm going to do 15 minutes. I think you guys have got 15 minutes on this. And I'll put the music on again. How will you leave this person with the impression of increase every time you see them? 
So think about that. And then write six qualities that you, I've put love, it doesn't have to be love, just qualities that you find good in them, okay? And then write, what can you start doing to remind yourself to use the impression of increase with everyone, right? Until it's habitual. And I wanna just read a little quote here because you know that I'm loving the Bob Proctor quotes at the moment. When you leave someone with the impression of increase, that positive energy must flow to and through you first. When you see the best in other people, and that can become an I am statement for you guys. I am that I see the best in everyone, right? Non-circumstantially to whether they see the best in you. Some people have a pattern of seeing the worst. And usually it's not because they're bad people. It's just that that's what they were modeled in childhood, okay? When you see the best in other people, in your company, in other situations and circumstances, you're going to be in a phenomenal vibration. You're going to feel good all of the time. And I want to note on this feeling of well-being and good towards others. Tam and I had a call this morning where we've had situations in the school where people have got upset and um, and, and we've tried to deal with it the, the way that we've dealt with it or people have requested something and we've said no or, or whatever it is. And we have this joke now that we understand that initially when it first happens, people are pissed off. 99% of all of these people within a year, send us an apology. <laughs> and maybe that's because after it's happened, we're like, I have no need to be annoyed at you. I have no need to send angry vibes to you. I have no need to reciprocate the treatment that I've received. And it doesn't mean that we should do this because we need to receive an apology. If we need to receive an apology again, with forgetting why we're doing this. It's just interesting. So yes, when you see the best in other people, in your company, in situations and circumstances, you're gonna be in a phenomenal vibration and you're gonna feel good all of the time. And then you're gonna receive good from all sorts of places and different types of miracles and, you know, okay. Let's do it. You got 15 minutes and we're going to end with a meditation and we're just going to send out boomerangs. Yeah. So when I say this in the school now, we're going to do a process and we're going to send out boomerangs. You guys are going to know what I mean. <laughs> I'm going to remind you of the conversation that we had today. Oh, okay. Natalie says, I also feel like I compliment others and see them and give them all of the love and acknowledgement while on their journeys. Yes. For me, I wrote about being my authentic self around others, allowing myself to receive as much as I give to others, 100% for you. Doing and being from a place of love towards myself. Guys, you know you can use you? You could literally put in this exercise me and look at whether you're giving yourself the impression of increase, which I think is kind of what Natalie's getting at because I'm my harshest critic and because I never want others to feel how I speak, see myself, I focus on seeing all of the good in others. So baby, I would like you to actually choose you for the, these journal prompts. Choose six things that you love about yourself. How can you give yourself the impression of increase? I think that will be a really fun thing for you. 
Okay, amazing. Music. We've got till quarter two.
done we're done we're done and i'm going to read some of these out uh daniela says how maya's maya her snoring sounds healthy yeah maya is like a different dog today maya is back to like a hundred percent normal um i thought i was going to take her back to the vet today but um no she's sweet she's good she's walking up and down the stairs no longer dragging her legs uh, no pain no nausea she's supposed to be on meds um just to bring the inflammation down so i have to go pick that up after finishing work but yeah yeah thank you i'm very happy so i want to read um some of what's been written in the comments and, and feel free to keep sharing but daniello said i found a lot of resistance in this exercise mm -hmm. it, it, it's it, it, it's challenging isn't it because bob proctor says everyone and we as humans like to be righteous and right and sometimes it's very difficult to let go of the stories and the stuff and the feelings and the resentments that we have around others. So it's good to remember with each one of those, we send a boomerang, right? And so the resistance, I always see resistance as a good thing. Because when we don't have resistance, it's like, oh, it's not even a big thing that we need to work on. It's like we, do, we don't have resistance. It's like maybe it's not even a pattern. But when we've got resistance, it shows that we've found somewhere a little bit like in our psyche. And that's always a, a brilliant thing because the potential for transformation there is huge, right? Camille's written, so funny, I started with someone and then I changed. Yeah, notice this, guys. We start with someone we feel blocked. It's like... <laughs> I don't want to forget them. I don't want And notice that this is a journey because the person that I chose, you know, it's, it's been a journey for me to shift my feeling. Um, so come back to this regularly. 
right? I felt blocked and then I chose my parents. So it looks like lots of us are choosing our parents. I started writing about our relationship and I realized that I was coming back to my old negative story. Fantastic awareness, right? The fact that you can even notice that I'm coming back to my negative story versus this is the truth about my parents. Like that's what this work is. Because the, the problem that we find with this work is that we're so used to hearing the same stories, we don't distinguish between this is what my parents are, which is what our brain tells us, and it being a story. So that's still a win. Um, I will anchor it. The I will now. I so now will anchor the one that I could experience um, a lot lately and not see the past. So I can see my attitude towards them is still seeing what what they annoy me. Yeah, but isn't this helpful that now we've got this attitude and I'm like, oh, what am I? What is my attitude towards my family? Is that the attitude that I want to have towards my family? Is that creating what I desire? Huh? No, right? Um, so I'll be more loving and understanding with them and less judgmental. I think that everyone, the crux of what they will have got to at the end is, can I be more loving, less judgmental and understanding? And I want to put like a small print at the end here. You know, if we're in relationship with someone that is abusive or someone that is, you know, we can still be loving and send them love and put a boundary, right? We can still be loving and send them love and not spend time with them. Okay, so know that it that both of those things are mutually exclusive. Um, with other people, I can find this so easy, except my mum, I found it so challenging. So it's the perfect person for you to do with it. Yeah, there's a lot of work with her. Um, and I'll be put to the test when I go visit her in the US next month. So think about like, that's going to be like almost like your training ground for this work. And you're probably going to fuck up. <laughs> and it's fine. It's not about fucking up or not fucking up. It's about how quickly do I notice and I come back to my center, right? Sandra says, at first, I found a lot of resistance too. I chose my boyfriend. I was as mad at him. Oh, I love that we're doing this and you're mad at your boyfriend this morning. And I feel so much gratitude for him and how much he does for me on the daily basis. I know what happened today was me projecting things on him. Writing has helped me shift a lot. It's amazing. Such a gift as well to someone else if we're in a romantic relationship to the gift of self-responsibility right to be able to be like oh that was actually me that projected that or that that actually was me and coming back to appreciation i've messaged craig you know the whole thing with like maya i'm like oh my god but how the fuck am i alive without you and i know that's not really healthy or it's very dramatized but him being away and having to sort out the vet and sort out all of these things by myself and do, do, i'm just in this huge appreciation for what he exists he's like i'm gonna go away more so you appreciate me more <laughs> sam just says i just gave him a big hug i love that I'm really excited to consciously choose to see the best in her. And, and, and let us know how that goes, Daniela. Natalie says, I felt sad doing this exercise, challenging to find six qualities that I love about myself. But once I did, I felt the, the tightness in my chest feel more open and my heart space feeling lighter. I definitely felt like this has made me see how hard I am on myself still. But that's amazing because this is what I want you guys to notice is what's natural for me and what's not natural for me. So, so Natalie, just, just see this as, oh, right now it's not natural, but I'm going to practice and one day it's going to be natural. And then you're going to be like, holy fucking shit. Like, I, I can't believe that I used to be that way because this is now the natural rhythm for me. Okay. Um, I'm being called by the guy that's come to fix the door. I'm just going to have to open the door to him. Get in a comfortable place. We're closing with a meditation. You need to be super cozy because we're going to send out boomerangs. Okay. It's going to be feeling based. Give me one little minute. I've got to open the door. Again, this is the, the bonus of, of Craig not being here. Um, and keep sharing.
Hola. Marcelo. Marcelo. 